abreast of the overzealous police inquiry into the death of Kilmartin's first wife. Maddie was incommunicado, presumably still dealing with their ancient suspect. There was one more name on their short list of suspects, and that man was about to come into view. Alexander Griffiths, the new Viscount, had a reputation that was far from stellar. His first wife had died under mysterious circumstances more than a decade before, and he'd lived far to the north, never venturing into society, presumably haunted by guilt. He was certainly haunted by something, Sophie thought, dropping down to her favorite spot on the grass ledge and taking out her cheese and bread. The one thing no one had ever told her was how exquisitely beautiful he was. She'd had one season in London. She'd seen any number of handsome young men, been pursued by them. She'd been blessed by a combination of physical perfection that had left her the toast of London for a brief, glorious period. But unfortunately, she had found all of those handsome young men shallow and boring. And then her father had died, and everything had changed. Alexander Griffiths was a far cry from the pretty young men of London, though he was physically quite stunning. She'd always thought of him as the dark Viscount, a man of mystery, of deep secrets, perfectly in line with the gothic romances she devoured. She had a great fondness for maniacs and dungeons, and until she'd seen Alexander Griffiths, she'd had every hope he'd kept a madman or a reanimated corpse in a laboratory. But no one who looked like that was likely to be a brooding maniac, though she still persisted in thinking of him as the dark Viscount. After all, his coloring was dark, and he still had a mysterious background. She'd never been very close to the man, but she had excellent eyesight as well as the spyglass she'd managed to sneak out of her house when they were confiscating everything. She could see him quite clearly, the high cheekbones, the overlong dark hair, the sharp blade of a nose and strong chin. And she could see the shadows in his eyes. She congratulated herself that he had no idea he was being watched. Ever since she'd stumbled onto this ledge during one of her more restless walks, she'd been drawn back to the place. Back to him. If she could have convinced Nanny that walking for several hours in the rain was her idea of fun, she would have gone out in inclement weather. She was certain the dark Viscount wouldn't let a little rain stop him. But today was a clear spring day, warmer than usual, and he would be there. She knew he would. He swam in his smalls, something that both relieved and annoyed Sophie. She was curious. That was what brought her out to the tour every day. Curious about their neighbor, who might have killed both his wife and her own father. Curious how such evil could reside in such a glorious form. She was undeniably curious about the male form itself, something she'd never seen in such scantily dressed glorious condition. The first time she'd spotted him, she'd been frozen, motionless, staring at the figure in the distance as he plowed through the water with an almost desperate intensity, back and forth, back and forth. The second time, she brought the spyglass, lying prone in the grass and watching with fascination as he pulled himself from the water. His skin was darker than what she was used to, possibly from exposure to the sun during his swimming. His body was lean, hard, and she could see the flat stomach, the delineation of muscles, the water dripping off his golden flesh. He shoved his wet hair back from his face, pushing away the water that clung to him. She had almost been afraid to peer more closely, in case he wore nothing at all. But Sophie, in general, was afraid of very little. And she'd looked, following the thin line of hair downward. 
The linen of his underdrawers clung to him, outlining that part that a proper young lady was supposed to pretend didn't exist until it got slammed into her on her wedding night. Her friends had told her the most unpleasant stories about it, and sooner or later she was going to have to face one herself. She was going to marry someone young, handsome, and manageable with pots of money. And a title wouldn't hurt, but she planned to be reasonable about it. A plain mister might be more easily handled than a lord. The dark Viscount did happen to fit a few of her criteria, but he might have killed her father. And if he was truly in the habit of doing away with his wives, then the less she had to do with him, the better. But still, it wouldn't hurt to look. She and her sisters had stared at the sketches of the Elgin marbles with avid fascination, none of the girls evincing any particular fondness for that foreign part of the male anatomy. The wet underclothing was plastered against something larger than what she'd observed on statues, but never...